Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. How are you? Okay, we're a little bit late in starting the show today only because there's something a little bit hinky about the call-in app right now. It's not letting me post my link. In other words, I usually post a link to Twitter and then after the show is completed, I'll post a link of the show. But what's happening is it's sending people to the main call-in page. It's not sending everyone to my podcast page. So it's pointless posting the link because it's going to take you to this homepage where it's almost impossible to find the podcast. Anyway, hopefully they'll fix that. But we'll we'll, we'll soldier on today and we'll do the best we can here. Um, might be a short show. I don't know. We'll see if people can even find the room today. It's been very odd, very odd. But what I really wanted to start talking about, I know the heading of the show is about is about Biden. But uh, when I originally made up the heading of the show, it was before the Fetterman Oz debate. And now, basically, I think I need to talk about the Fetterman Oz debate because this is on everyone's mind. Everyone was watching it. Twitter was going crazy. I mean, Twitter was going absolutely insane with the Fetterman Oz debate. And I have plenty of clips I will play. We'll see if more people come into the room before I play them. But I have plenty, plenty of clips to play from the Fetterman Oz debate. Um, you know. The problem with John Fetterman runs deep. I mean, there were problems with Fetterman before the stroke. You know, people want to make it like it's all about the stroke, but it's not all about the stroke. Okay. It's really not all about the stroke. Um, it's also about his, his, his political views, his belief that we should be lenient on criminals, his belief that we should give criminals a second and third chance, even people that have committed, you know, very violent, nasty crimes. So, Fetterman's had many, many issues, many issues along the way. You know, he doesn't believe in the Second Amendment. Um, he was for lockdowns and, and COVID mandates and all that nonsense. So Fetterman is on the wrong side of the issues to begin with. Then you add this stroke where he has trouble putting sentences together. If you saw the debate, you will understand what I'm talking about. And you'll also, as I play the clips, you will see um, that his 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 problems run deep his problems run deep so uh basically the question is just like with biden but actually with fetterman it's worse remember with biden we had the questions you know should he be able to run should he run should people vote for him is he cognizant but that was more of a you know a vague thing right i mean his age and he'd be forgetful and he says things that makes no sense and we see him do things that are just odd but with fetterman we know we know medically there was actually a stroke and it was a bad stroke it actually almost killed him so we have a real medical issue that he had which caused his current problems so basically the question also is there are people who watch this debate and they said, well, you know, this is a sad thing. This never should have happened. We have these Democrats who say, oh, there never should have been a debate. I feel bad for him. Well, you know, the guy's running for U.S. Senate. He's not running for dog catcher. He's not running for like a school board member of a city of a thousand people. He's running for U.S. Senate. He's not running for mayor of that small town where he got paid $150 a month. He's not. You know, he's not uh, he's running for Senate, which is a six year term. And basically the money they make is like a one point two million dollar contract. One of 100 U.S. senators, very powerful position. So if you're saying he can't debate, OK, if you're saying John Fetterman just simply cannot debate. He shouldn't have debated. 
then you're saying he really shouldn't be running for Senate. Now, he's he's a young guy. What is he, in his 50s? So it's not like it's now or never. So he could have run again in the future. He could have recovered. He could have done all that stuff you have to do when you recover, when you have a stroke. And he could have gotten back to the point where he could actually physically and mentally run for U.S. Senate. He didn't have to run right now. So the Democrats thinking the name Fetterman, the brand Fetterman, wherever that may be, whatever the left wing media created over the last several years while he was lieutenant governor, is the one they want to run. So it's their incredible selfishness, their lust for power that has put Fetterman in this position and his wife, who should know better. You know, we talk about Jill Biden. We talk about Jill Biden knowing better. Right. And he, she, she should know better and not put her husband through this. We, we saw negative things about that, but this, his wife, Fetterman's wife, is also, is also guilty of pushing him. And it could be for her own gain. She wants a husband in the Senate. She wants that money in her bank account. She wants the power. Just like the Democrats' lust for power has put him in this position. He's not there by osmosis. There should, there, there should be people who love him and care about him who say, John, not this year. Not this year. Recover, go through therapy. Next time, go for it, baby. That's what they should have done. That's what they should have done. So don't blame the people who are saying, oh, Fetterman shouldn't run. Don't say people are, what are they? All the Democrats have now is like a dictionary. But what is this new thing? Ableist, ableist people, ableist. You know, they all have these fucking words they come up with. These $10 million words that really are total bullshit. The people around him who know him and love him should tell him not to have done this. Recover. You know, he's not 90 years old. He's not Biden's age. Recover. Lose some weight. Recover. And then run next time, baby. But no, it had to be now, you see, because the Democrats' lust for power and the people around Fetterman who supposedly care about him, their lust for power is everything. Their lust for control is everything. And so you get what we got today, which was this incredible. It's like people who like love people who watch car crashes. You know, I know people like that, right? They have even videos on YouTube. They like watching these slow motion car crashes. This was like watching a car crash in slow motion where you know what the end result's going to be. You can't stop watching. I mean, it was just awful. From day for the first moment, you know, I was going to mock him when the show started. I said, I'm not going to do it. The first thing that happened is he says, hello, everyone, and good night. That's the big that the first words out of Fetterman's mouth in that debate was hello and good night. Now, obviously, he meant to say good evening, but he said good night. Okay, so it started off. It started off on a bad note for John Fetterman, and it just got worse and worse and worse. It got it got really bad. For John Fetterman. And even people like Joe Scarborough, even people on the left like Joe Scarborough on MSNBC were tweeting how awful this was and how any objective person could not look at this and say this was a good night for John Fetterman. Okay, and this is Joe Scarborough. This is the new lefty Joe Scarborough who's on Morning Joe on MSNBC saying this. Now, most lefties came on and said, oh, he did great. He did, or, or either he did great, of course, even though there was a poll that came out after on television in Pennsylvania, I believe it was Pittsburgh or something, where 85% said he lost. 85, I think it was 80, actually it was 82 said Oz won and 18% said Fetterman won. And someone on Twitter made the point that those 18% of the people who are still wearing masks by themselves in their cars. 
So most, the overwhelming majority, usually you don't see that in polls, by the way. In these post-debate polls, it's usually not 82-18. That's very rare. Very rare. Especially in a, in a race that's basically 50-50. That's a toss-up. But of course, then you have Democrats who were saying, oh, no, he was forced to do this. Oh, horrible. The horrible right-wingers forced him to debate. Oh, how, how, oh, my God, how awful he had to actually debate to get this six-year, $1.2 million job. How, how, oh, my God, how awful he had to actually debate in order to get a job as a United States senator. He shouldn't have had to do that. There should have been an exception. We're doing, we're ableist. What the fuck does ableist mean? Like I said, they love these big words now. The, the left loves these big words. Oh, you're being ableist. Oh, you're being transsexphobic. That's all they have are slogans. And what do they do? What do they do? Carry a fucking dictionary with them to try to put these people, put people in these little fucking boxes. The fact of the matter is the guy wants to be U.S. senator. If you can't debate once for one hour over the course of a six month campaign, then you can't be U.S. senator. Do it next time. What's the rush? I don't get it. What's the rush? Do it next time. Anyway, I should just play some clips. I mean, it's mind-blowing. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But it's important. And it's what happened today. So let me get my trusty iPad out here. I'm also, what I'm doing, because those of you who just came in, the call-in app is, is, call-in is fucked up right now. It's not letting me post a link of the show. It's, when I post a link of my show, it's taking people to the generic homepage for some strange reason. So I couldn't post a link to the show and I'm not going to be able probably to post a link to the replay of the show. So at the same time, I'm simultaneously taping this on Spotify so I can share that link if this link doesn't work. So I have, this is like a, I have, I'm, I'm speaking into an iPhone. I've got my Samsung phone recording on, uh, on Spotify and I've got my, my, uh, tablet. <laughs> on twitter so it's ridiculous here but let me pull this stuff up here now this is this is fetterman supposedly i'm going to tell you what he supposedly was saying he was supposedly talking about oz having a lot of homes and being out of touch let me see if i can pull this up they're trying to race with them with ordinary people i think that's what he's trying to say this is the game we're going to play tonight what was fetterman trying to say and the question was do you support raising the federal minimum wage to 15 dollars per hour and how can a man, you know, with with, you know, 10 gigantic mansions, you know, has uh, am willing to talk about a willing wage for anybody? Imagine a signal mom trying with two children, trying to raise with them, realizing making thirty one thousand dollars a year, you know, fifteen dollars an hour. And how OK, so I have no idea what that. Like I said, I think I have an idea of what he was trying to say, but that's actually what he said. So that's Fetterman on that. OK, here's more. Oh, you know what? This is actually great. Someone just put the Kyle Becker put together or someone did uh, the top seven Fetterman highlights of uh, of the debate. Let's see if we can play that. Hi. Okay. Good night, everybody. I'm running to. Serve- OK, that's let's do that again. That was the beginning of the debate. Hi. Good night, everybody. And we know he was trying to say good evening, everybody. He said good night. All right, here we go. As lieutenant governor, you're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. Senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi, good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. 
Mr. Oz, I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I, I do support fracking and I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. Okay. Thank you. Mr. And how can a man, you know, with, with, you know, 10 gigantic mansions, you know, has, uh, am willing to talk about a, a willing wage for anybody. Imagine a signal mom trying with two children, trying to raise with them, realizing making $31,000 a year, you know, $15 an hour. Don't give states to do what they wish to do. The abortion decision should be left up to states, and specifically when John Fetterman was... with Doug One moment, Mr. Fetterman. All right, thank you, Mr. Fetterman. A follow-up question on this. Our next star poll shows 51% of Pennsylvania voters disapprove of the president's job performance. You have publicly supported many of his policy positions. Are there any that you disagree with? 30 seconds. No, I, I just believe he needs to do more about supporting uh, and fighting about in, in, inflation. Uh, and I, I do believe he can do more about that. Mr. Fetterman, you are first 90 seconds. Once again, I would just like to say that I, my campaign is all about fighting for anyone in Pennsylvania that ever got knocked down, that had to get back up again. You know, I'm also fighting for any forgotten community all across Pennsylvania that ever got knocked down, that had to be made to get back up <laughs> okay and there's actually more so that's just a taste of of what happened i mean it's just and here's the there's the poll 82 percent 18 percent in favor of odd that's that's a kpxi i'm not sure what kpxi is but that's where the that's what the uh result was there you know so uh look it's it's very sad the whole thing is incredibly incredibly sad and the man should not be running. And the sadness is not that, oh, poor John Fetterman, we're making fun of him, or, oh, poor John Fetterman, he should just get a pass and we should just elect him. That's not the way this fucking works, okay? That's not the way it works. If someone has any kind of a job, once again, let's forget politics. Let's say you have any kind of a job and you get a stroke like he had. Usually you take six months, a year or more off. You recover, okay? That's what he needs to do. Just like any other American would have to, would have to do, because any other American who could who would have to go to their job if they were a speaker or if they had to do something, their boss would say, "No, stay home for six months. Stay home, get better." Yet in politics, unfortunately, anyone can run. And I said on Twitter today, and I don't think it's that crazy to say this, but uh, I, I think it almost should be illegal for this guy to run. I mean, this is a sad thing. It's a very, very sad thing that this guy is actually running. And I, I don't know. I don't know why we're allowing this. Now, I know people say, well, the people get to vote. If the people don't care, if the people think that he can still serve or he'll get better soon, then they're going to vote for him. If they don't think he can serve, they're not going to vote for him. Let the people decide. Yes, but this is such a bad look for our nation. It's such a bad look for democracy. When you have people like Joe Biden 
and now John Fetterman running. I mean, the joke is that the Democratic Party put him there to make Biden look competent and cohesive. You know, I don't know. But it's I think it's just an incredibly sad statement to have people like this running. People all over the world see this. People in Russia, the Russians see this. The Chinese see this. They don't have people like this running. They don't have people fresh off a stroke running who cannot deal with a one hour debate without sounding the way he sounds. So the the fact of the matter is, is that I know there are people out there now saying this is it now. Oz is going to win by 10 points. But of course not. Of course he might win. It ain't going to be by 10 points and he might lose Oz because we have the cult of Democrat. Right. We have the cult of Democrat. The guy's a Democrat and there are Democrats out there. Once again, we know about Trump derangement syndrome. Right. We know all about Trump derangement syndrome and that. All Republicans are Trump, and they'll never vote for a Republican again because of Donald Trump. It extends now to this, where it's like, I don't care that he can't put he, – I, I don't care that he can't put two sentences together. I don't care that he sounds this way during the debate. I don't care that he possibly can't serve, that he can't debate on the Senate floor, that he might not be able to comprehend what's going on. I don't care about any of that. I can't vote for a Republican. Okay, Oz was uh, endorsed by Trump. So I, I, that's it. He's Trump reincarnate as a, as a candidate for Senate. And I can't vote for This is a cult mentality. This is a cult mentality. Now, if you believe that people who commit crimes like murder should be left out, let out early, no cash bail, they should be given second and third chances, even if they've murdered people, maybe John Fetterman's your guy, no matter what he sounds like. But who really believes that? Do people really believe that? So what's wrong with Oz? He wants to prosecute criminals. He wants to put criminals in jail. Okay, let's just talk issues. Forget about the way they sound. Forget forget about their ability to do this job for for a half dozen years for over 200 grand a year and all the benefits and pensions that come with it. Now, of course, Fetterman wants that. He's never had a real job in his life, not, not a job that pays that well. And I'm sure his wife feels the same way. Hey, this, my, this fucking bum husband is finally getting the possibility of a real job. We're going for it. Like I said, it's about selfishness, not what's best for John. It's also a very stressful job. He also has to travel from Pennsylvania to New York, Pennsylvania, D.C., Pennsylvania, D.C., Pennsylvania, D.C. It's just amazing that they're putting him through this. But let's just look at the issues, like I said, with that or this fracking thing, his flip flopping. He's for fracking now. The guy's been against fracking. When he was lieutenant governor, he was constantly talking against fracking. So there's a flip-flopping on those issues. This is COVID policy. The fact that he was for everything that was wrong, lockdowns and mandates and so on and so forth. So if you're just looking at the pol- – and Oz, of course, from day one, which is why I got uh, attracted to Oz, was that from day one he was against all this stuff. He was talking more common sense like he does now. So even on the issues, I can't see you voting for John Fetterman. But, but, but in this particular case, even if you agree with him, even if you're a far left extremist lefty and agree with him, which I believe most of Pennsylvania is not, this is not Vermont, right? Um, I can't see how at this point you would vote for him. I think at this point you have to say, that you can't vote for him, that he just can't do the job, that they should have put up someone else who could do the job. 
because John Fetterman clearly, clearly cannot do the job. And I think it's very sad. And believe me, if he wins, there'll be more of this, right? There'll be more of these videos. There'll be more of this stuff because people, reporters will want to talk to him. So what? He's not going to be easy. He'll be like Biden. He can't do press conferences. He can't talk to reporters. They're going to hide him. Just bring him out for votes and hide him back again. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. At some point, you have to say enough is enough. We're not doing this. Okay, we're not doing this. Just get better and then give it a shot next time. There was another debate. We'll, we'll go back to this in a second. I might, I might play some more clips or I might not. Um, there was another debate between Kathy Hochul and uh, Lee Zeldin in New York. Um, and Lee Zeldin was talking about crime. You know, crime is a big deal, especially in New York's New York City right now. And Lee Zeldin was talking about putting away criminals. He was really hitting the point about putting away criminals. And at one point, Kathy Hochul said, I don't know why that is so important to you, meaning putting away criminals or crime or whatever. How how could you possibly say the way things are going right now in New York that crime is not an important issue? Why are you so obsessed with putting people in jail? Why are you so obsessed, Lee, with putting people away? I mean, this is absolute insanity. These candidates the Democrats have are so pathetic, so incredibly pathetic, that it's amazing any of them have a shot, and they all have a shot. She'll probably win again. I mean, New York's a long shot. And so you have, once again, we've talked about this. Do you have people who are just bitching and moaning about how bad it is? They have to leave. They can't go out at night. They got to close their stores early. And yet they'll go into that voting booth on November 8th and they'll vote for the Democrat again because it's a cult. It's a cult that's killing them, which most cults eventually do, right? It's like a it's it's like a political suicide cult where it's like we're following these cult leaders into the abyss. Willingly following them into the abyss. And it's incredibly sad. It's incredibly sad to see because these are good candidates, Oz and Lee Zeldin. Are they perfect? No, no, I disagree with a lot of conservatives on certain things, but but you cannot compare them to their opponents. Why is why is that so important to you? Why is why is why is putting people who murder someone in jail? So why are you why are you obsessed with that kind of a thing, Lee? Are you crazy? <laughs> Incredible. So that was that one too. I understand Lee Zeldin. I didn't hear as much of that one as I did the Fetterman Oz thing, but I understand that Lee Zeldin did pretty well. It wasn't an eighty-two eighteen kind of split, of course, with Fetterman because at least Hochul can put sentences together. But I understand he did quite well. And now we're seeing Republicans doing quite well. And look, we know the big reason why they're doing quite well is because of of COVID. And day by day, people are seeing more and more how they're hoodwinked. And even with all the information we have, now I'll get to Biden, even with all the information we have now about how bad lockdowns were and how the vaccines didn't stop the spread, and we were lied to about this and that, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm tired of people saying, and I actually do it every once in a while, saying they were wrong. They weren't wrong. They lied. They simply lied to us every step of the way. And when they knew they were caught, they doubled and tripled down their lies. And they're doing it again now. They're doing it again now. When they got sick. Let me hear. Here, here. Virtually every COVID death in America is preventable. Virtually everyone. 
Almost everyone who will die from COVID this year will not be up to date on their shots or they will not have taken Paxlovid when they got sick. Now, that's, of course, a total lie. Remember, this is from the guy. This is from the guy who told us a year ago that if you get these vaccines, you will not get COVID. He said in July of 2021, if you get these vaccines, you won't get COVID. Why is he still opening his old fucking mouth? Why is he allowed to keep talking? Why is he allowed to keep lying? Why doesn't someone stop him? Why doesn't someone shut him up? This old sociopath, this half-century liar, this political hack job named Joe Biden. Why does he think anyone would believe what he said when he has lied so much? He lied his senator, then he lied his VP, and now he's lied and lied and lied for two fucking full years as president of the United States. So when he said a year ago that if you get the vaccines, you're not going to get COVID, that was a fucking lie because people get them, get them two times, four times, 20 fucking times. It's a lie. So now he says, you go, every once again, it's a, like he said, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. A lie. Now he says everyone that dies is unvaccinated. A lie. It's a lie. We have the receipts. We have the stats. There's a new strain now which attacks the vaccinated three to one. Three to one over the unvaccinated. <clears throat> I'm looking up the exact thing. Here, the latest variant to come on the block, what they're calling BQ, is seeking out vaccinated individuals three to one over the unvaccinated. has particular taste for those who were recently vaccinated as well. Yes, so here we go. Another lie from Joe Biden. Another lie from Joe Biden. And by the way, that Paxlovid is giving people, I, I know real doctors who won't prescribe it. Real doctors, not, not these political lifetime whores like Fauci. Real doctors who won't prescribe it. My doc, my father got COVID a while back and he called his doctor asking about Paxlovid. And his doctor said, no, I'm not going to give that to you. And he said, why? He said, you'll just make you sicker a week later. You'll get COVID again. You'll get it worse. He says, garbage. So that's a real doctor. That's not a political hack job like Fauci. That's not a career liar like Joe Biden. People have taken – Biden took it. Fauci took Paxlovid, and he got so sick he disappeared for a fucking week. But why does Biden mention Paxlovid and the vaccines? Because his friends at Big Pharma make billions. He's a political whore for Big Pharma. He's always been a political whore for Big Pharma. That's why he made sure in that 30-second clip I just mentioned to you, vaccines, boosters, and Paxlovid, all in a 30-second span. Why? Because his friends at Big Pharma said, Joe, go out there and do it, you old goat. Go out there and do that, you old goat. So that's what he did. Be a good boy. Get on your knees. 50 years the guy's been on his knees for big pharma and for lobbyists of all kinds in corporate America. For the health insurance industry. His entire career. Entire career. This sociopath, this incredibly sick individual, incredibly sick individual.
So if you look at people who are responding to that ridiculous statement, remember, this is another, remember his cold death winter, his winter of death and destruction. What is this? Winter of death and destruction number three? Same shit. Same lies. Same fucking lies every fucking year. What a liar. Everyone, this is from someone who's commented. Uh, everyone I know who died from COVID this year were four shots in and all elderly. Four shots, all elderly. All vax injuries people are talking about. The disinformation coming from the White House is off the charts. Everything he says are either half-truths or outright lies. Seeing the amount of lies he's being ratioed, seeing the amount of lies they've been coming out with, coupled with Biden's clearly failing health and the looming questions, it seems the U.S. is not the country it what once was. No kidding. Yes, another winter of death. Another winter of death. Funny, all the patients now hospitalized for COVID had to have had one or more weakened immune systems issues. Of course, we know that. We know that. So, this is a continuing thing. This is a continuing thing. And now they want us to get, not us, of course, I won't. They want you to get the, the, the COVID shot once a year at least, like the flu shot. Of course, the difference is these morons don't seem to understand that people who get the flu shot don't get flu four times. People who get the flu shot don't get the flu. I don't think they usually get the flu more than people who don't get the flu shot, right? Which is the case with COVID. That's, that's, a, that's a little difference. The little difference is when you get the flu shot, usually you don't get the flu. You certainly don't get it four fucking times. And then you have schmuck, schmuck doctors who have said, oh, one, once a year. Oh, no, once a year. I, this one doctor, Jonathan, what's his name? Jonathan R- Rimmer, Reimer. He, uh, <laughs> this guy is one of the biggest hacks ever. A real quack. A real frightening guy. And he said, oh, thank, I, I want to thank Joe Biden for getting up there and pushing the, the pushing the, the boosters, pushing this very important Omicron booster. But I, there's one criticism I have of him. You know what the guy's criticism was? That he said, we only need this once a year. He goes, no, we have to see the variants. We might need it more than that. Hey, Jonathan, how about once every three and a half days, you fucking creep? Is that, is that enough? One, one shot every three and a half fucking days? Is that enough? Or is it every one and a half fucking days? You old quack. But there's no one reining in these people. There's no one reining. There's no one shutting these people up. They're incredibly dangerous because while you and I might despise them and you and I might know they're full of shit, there are millions of Americans who trust everything these fucking losers say. Trust everything these sinister bastards say. These sinister old fucks who never have enough money and power. They have to have, they have to have money and power till they fucking go to their graves. What kind of a human is that? I'm sorry, I'm getting angry. But seriously, what kind of a soulless creep is that? That you need to have as much power, influence, and make as much money with kickbacks as you possible till the day you fucking drop dead. What is the point of that? When is enough enough? I'm tired of these old, elderly, white creeps. 
That's mostly what they are. You don't see the Democrats talking about that, right? Right? All these old white guys who are controlling everything. That's fine. It's fine. When you're a Democrat, you're allowed to be an old white guy and control everything. But if you're a Republican and you're an old white guy, you're a racist, right? You're allowed to be a Democrat like Lawrence Tribe and call Carrie Lake a pig. You're allowed to do that. But if you're a Republican and you call a woman a pig, you're canceled for the end of time. I'm tired of their fucking double standards. I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of not being called out for it. I think I have a laugh. I'm going to play more John Fetterman quotes. This is, uh, but anyway, yes, that's, that's Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden trying to squeeze every dollar he can out of these boosters. Trying to squeeze every dollar he can. Every fucking, every year he comes and does the same thing. Plays his fear porn bullshit. If you're unvaccinated, you're going to die. Again, unvaccinated, you're going to die. Same shit over and over again that we can prove a million times over is total garbage. And yet he keeps saying it. No one shuts his fucking mouth for him. And this is why, 14 days from now, make sure you're listening to this show, 14 days from right now, the results will be coming in, and they're going to get fucking annihilated. This is why they're going to get annihilated. Even though Joe Biden knows, he might, I don't think he's that dumb, even though Joe Biden knows, saying these things... And now saying it again, 14 days before election is he going to get his party annihilated. He doesn't care because it's more money for his friends in Big Pharma. It's more money for him. It's more money for hunters so he can do more crack with whores. That's all he cares about. He knows. He knows all of this stuff. He knows he, if he shut his mouth, if he just shut his old demented mouth, his party might do better in 14 days. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. His buddies in Big Pharma will do great. Their stock will go up. They'll have a winter of, 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 of increasing stocks. That's all he cares about. That's all this low life, who I hate to my very core, cares about. I might have some respect if he actually cared about his party. He doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, this is uh, Fetterman. The moderator asked him why he hasn't released his medical record. This has been a big thing with Fetterman, right? Just release your medical records. Now, we know this ridiculous. Remember how the left made fun of Trump's doctor? Remember the guy with the crazy hair? They said, oh, this is a quack doctor. Remember when he came out and said Trump is very healthy, which he actually is? Um, and they said, oh, no, this guy's crazy. He's a, he's a quack. Well, you know, Fetterman has this doctor who comes out and says, oh, he's, he's great. He's great. The healthiest guy ever. And uh, they find out he gave a $500 campaign contribution to him. Did you hear a word of that from the left? Did you hear a word of that? What if that was Trump's doctor who gave him a bill of health and gave him 500 bucks? Would you ever hear the fucking end of it? No. But with this cricket. So the moderator asked him, why haven't you released your medical records? And Fetterman says, well, let's just, this is about Fetterman's medical primary. Last week, you released this note from your doctor saying you can work full duty in public office, but you have not released your detailed medical records surrounding your stroke. 
Mr. Fetterman, will you pledge tonight to release those records in the interest of transparency? You have 60 seconds. No. Uh, to me, for transparency is about showing up. I'm here today to have a debate. I have, you know, spe speeches in front of 3,000 people in Montgomery County, you know, all across Pennsylvania, big, big crowds. You know, I believe if my doctor believes that I'm fit to serve, and, and that's what I believe is appropriate. And now with two weeks before the election, you know, I have run the campaign and I've been very transparent about being very open about the fact we're in use captioning. And I believe that, again, my doctors, the real doctors that I believe, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. Follow up. I didn't hear you say you would release your full medical records. Why not? You have 30 seconds. No, uh, yeah, again, my doctor all believes that I'm fit to be serving. And that's what I believe is where I'm standing. Okay, Mr. That's where I believe is where I'm standing. Okay. In other words, he's not going to release his medical records. And I didn't hear the moderator say one thing about the doctor giving him 500 bucks on the side for his campaign. That wasn't mentioned, that little thing. If that was Trump, it absolutely, the moderator would have absolutely mentioned it. Should we trust a doctor, sir, who gave $500 to your campaign? That would have been asked to Donald Trump, but not as John Fetterman, but at least this guy pushed him a little bit on the medical records, which he won't release because they're not very good, right? If the medical records were great, he'd release them, wouldn't he, right? Even if they were faked, even if they were faked by this campaign contributor doctor, why not release them? Or he never really had a checkup, whatever. There's no, there are no medical records. Who the hell knows? Or they probably say, and I'm not a doctor, that it's a long recovery, right? It's a long recovery. And it's not going to happen overnight, which is which is quite obvious. But he doesn't want that on record in writing for everyone to see. And that's what I said at the beginning of this show. That's what John Fetterman should be doing. He should be recovering like any other human being would. And then when he's recovered and he's ready to go, he could run for any office he wanted to. If he's better in two years, he could run for fucking president if he wants. But he should not be running for senator right now. He should not be running for senator right now. But hey, if you've never had a real job and you're in your 50s and you live off your parents till you were 50 and, and now this job comes along, which is a six-year term. Now, think about it. Why didn't John Fetterman run for Congress? Doesn't that make more sense? First of all, going from mayor of a town where you're making 150 a month to lieutenant governor, which is not even really elected, lieutenant governor is good, nothing, to the U.S. senator, why didn't he run for Congress first? I know why John didn't run for Congress first. That's a two-year job. Ah, Johnny wants a six-year job. Johnny wants a six-year job, a guaranteed six years income of $200,000 to $250,000 a year, plus everything else that comes along with it on the side, as we know, like speeches and stuff. That's what he wants. And if the six years doesn't go well, he'll take that one, two, three million and run. Because it's more money than he's ever had in his entire life up until now. That's why Johnny Fetterman wants the, the long term, the six year term. Ah, two years wasn't enough. Two years wasn't enough for him. So, yes, yeah, like Greg Price, who's been writing really good stuff all day about this, says, I'm now convinced after tonight that Giselle, that's her name, his wife, Giselle Fetterman, is even a bigger so psychopath than Dr. Jill. 
Imagine watching your husband embarrass himself like that and care more about the power and fame of being a political wife. And of course, the money that comes in her bank account. It's a sad thing. Oh, uh, going back to Hochul in New York. And, and uh, even now, Kathy Hochul says she would mandate vaccines again. That's what she said. If you have to do it all over again, she will mandate vaccines again. After all we know about how the vaccine mandates were destructive, how New York Supreme Court just knocked it down, by the way. New York Supreme Court now says everyone who was fired has to be rehired with back pay. That the mandates are unconstitutional. Two days after that ruling, this wicked witch of the East says she would do it all over again, even though the vaccines don't stop the spread. We've known that for two years. These people are insane. They're absolutely insane. It's a shock that any of them, and it's a shame that any of them are going to win in two weeks. Any of them are going to win in two weeks. Well, so locking up criminals is not important to Kathy Hochul, but vaccine man, this is, this is the priority of the Democrat. Vaccine mandates are important. Locking up criminals, why is that so important? Here's the here's the clip. I don't know why that's so important. Here's the clip. Here's the clip. Not being represented from this this governor, who still to this moment we're at what are we halfway through the debate. She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change we made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. All I know is that we could do more. Well, when I say we that could we do more, excuse out. me, I'm speaking. Sure, go ahead. We could do so much more. If there was a nationwide ban, but certainly a state ban on teenagers being able to get guns, assault weapons. I mean, that's what happened. They're not being represented. Right away, she goes to, she goes to, let's not talk about locking people up. I don't know why that's so important. Why are you so obsessed with that one point? Yeah, we should lock people up. But why are you so important? Why is it so important to you? She goes right away to gun control. Right away to gun control. Like these teenage thugs are not going to be able to get guns if you have stricter laws. When New York City, Chicago... Philadelphia, San Francisco, they all have the strictest gun laws in the country and they have the most gun crime. What the fuck do they need to see? How much more evidence do they need to see? And that's another problem with Democrats. They live in this alternate reality. It's like a reality they've created, this this perfect world of theirs that they live in that does not exist. It's an alternate it's not the reality the rest of us exist in. It's the reality But like I said, it's like they have this alternate reality, an alternate reality. Daniel's writing a couple of things. And uh, I don't understand why bodily autonomy, inflation and crime are important to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea why these things are important to me. They, they really shouldn't be important to me. They really shouldn't be, right? I should be more concerned with vaccine mandates. Well, you got to bring those back, right? Another cold, long, dead winter. A cold, long, dead winter. <laughs> it's really, these people are insane. They're absolutely insane.
that's that clip. I'm trying to find the other clip. Maybe I can't find it where she said that she'd bring back. I don't think they have a clip of that, but you can probably find it online when she says she would bring back mandates again. It's the priorities of the Democrats that are all fucked up. It's the priorities of them that's all fucked up. I mean, like I said, um, here's a Democrat. Here's someone who wrote for Vox. This is a Vox column. Who's, who wrote this? Who, what genius wrote this? Karen Landman on Vox wrote this. She actually wrote this. John Fetterman survived a stroke. It could be an asset if he's elected. Imagine writing a column. If, if John Fetterman dies, I should say, if John Fetterman dies, is that an asset too? These people are insane. It's, it's an asset that he had a stroke because you know why? It'll show disabled people can work. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a possibility. I didn't know disabled people could do a job. I had no clue. John Fetterman is going to be a hero that proves a disabled person can have not only any job, but U.S. Senator. He's going to be a hero. Another comment. It's Fetterman's wife I don't get. Her first job, only priority is the well-being of her husband. He should be in a rehab facility. Bingo. What have I been saying? Why would she allow this? What kind of spouse would risk the health and betray his dignity in this way? Well, you have the spouses of John Fetterman and the spouses of, John, of Joe Biden. But like I said, I'll give Jill a little bit of slack. He didn't have a stroke. This guy had a stroke. An actual stroke. A medical emergency. A medical condition that we know happened. We can speculate because they won't release the real records of Joe Biden's health either. We can speculate about, is it dementia? Is it Alzheimer's? Is it this? Is it that? What stage is it? How far along is it? How much longer does he have? Is it going to get worse? But we know Fetterman had a bad stroke recently that almost killed him. That's a fact. That's real news. And yes, any wife worth anything would never let him do this. Would never let him do it. Would say, John, just get better. And we'll do this next time. But who knows how much money they have? I mean, he was lieutenant governor for a while. He must have some money. But he definitely wants this job. It'll be the most he's ever been paid by far. And like I said, it's a six-year secure job. He wouldn't have to run again until what? 2028. Okay? So he'd have this job until 2029. And that is... You know, that's a jackpot for the Fettermans. Who cares about his health, right? Get that job. Here, here's something else out of uh, the Washington Post. The imbalance in death rates among the nation's racial and ethnic groups has been a defining part of the pandemic. As John Ziegler points out, major media COVID matters that were fundamentally wrong. Black people are more vulnerable. Wrong. Anyone could die from it. Wrong. Mass stop transmission. Wrong. Outdoor events, of course, except liberal protests are dangerous. Washing hands is key. School closings make sense and vaccines should be mandated. So on those seven very important points, on those seven points, they were absolutely 100% wrong. Now, 
Dr. Eli David, more transmission wrong, PCR testing wrong, fatality rate wrong, lockdowns wrong, school closures wrong, quarantine the healthy wrong, plexiglass wrong, social distancing wrong, mass wrong, vaccine efficacy wrong. Why would you believe? Why would you believe these people on anything now when they say about the new booster or you have to get it or you're dying? What the how who would believe this nonsense? I don't want to live in a country where anyone believes this. I don't want anyone who goes and comes near me who believes any of this stuff. We have to wake up at some point. At some point, we have to wake up. If Another comment from Tim Young. If Fetterman were a Republican, the debate would be an SNL cold open. Absolutely. Believe me. I would be shocked if you saw any of this parodied on SNL. If he were Republican, if he were Donald Trump especially, it would be the opening number, the opening skit. But no, he's a Democrat, so don't touch that. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare help Dr. Oz, who, by the way, was Oprah Winfrey's creation, okay? Oprah Winfrey's creation, not, not, not Alex Jones' creation, okay? Not Sean Hannity's creation, Oprah Winfrey's creation. That radical right-wing lunatic. These people make me laugh. They really do. What, what Dr. Oz is is what I am, what many Democrats, former Democrats, were, were. People who are waking up to the reality that the party has no common sense whatsoever, that is run by the lunatic fringe, and we don't want any part of that. That's what Dr. Oz is. That's what Dr. Oz is. That this is enough now. That it's enough. Like we've talked about, I have talked about, Daniel's talked about on this show, people that were pro-choice because we felt a woman had bodily autonomy and the right to choose were stabbed in the back by those same people we had supported all those years. So why should we support them anymore? Because they don't believe in bodily autonomy. They just believe in the abortion wedge issue. Okay, they believe in bodily autonomy for women. That's it. For pregnant women, that's all. Pregnant women have bodily autonomy. No one else has any bodily autonomy. So they were full of shit. So I've seen this. Daniel's seen this. Others have seen this. Dr. Oz has seen this. So that's it. They're out. They're out. They're hypocrites. Why back them anymore? And why back a party who used to be, well, abortion is unfortunate, we think it should be a choice, but it's important to be like, oh, we love abortion. These people wear shirts now saying, I love, I support abortion. I love abortion, abortion on demand. We have a people in a party who think a woman should be able to get an abortion as she's delivering the child while she's in labor. No, no, this is not the party that we used to be part of. This is not the party that Dr. Oz was part of when he was hanging out with Oprah Winfrey. Things have changed. So now we change. So that's what Dr. Oz is. He's not just a crazy corporatist right winger. He's someone who has seen what has happened to the Democratic Party. And his only choice is the other party. Unfortunately, that's the way this works, right? And that's what I saw on Dr. Oz when I, when I heard him speaking from day one. Someone who has come to terms with the fact that the Democratic Party abandoned him. That the Democratic Party has abandoned us. That the Democratic Party has abandoned prior principles they no longer have. They are a party run by corporate America. They are a party run by Big Pharma. 
They have proven over the last three years they are run by big pharma. And those people who had this idea that Democrats were against big pharma and Republicans were run by big pharma, uh, they got some water thrown in their faces. They were awakened to see that's not the case at all. That's not the case at all. Well, look, someone said there will be people who vote for Fetterman or already did despite everything. They'll be cheating in Philly and wherever else Democratic fanatics can get away with this. So how large is the independent margin and up in the air voters that could push us over the finish line? Now, when it comes to this cheating idea, um, I, I don't I don't have any sympathy for Republicans, because if you are aware of it, if you think it's going to happen. Remember, that's what's that saying? Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Well, the Republicans don't believe that when it comes to elections and Democrats. You know what's going to happen. So you either stop it or you do it better than the other people do it. You can't complain afterwards. If you believe they did it two years ago and they're going to do it again, you got to be prepared for it. You got to stop it or do it better than they do it. That's a Chicago way, as Sean Connery would say in The Untouchables. So I don't really have that much sympathy for that. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, liberals told us that an NBC reporter was ableist. Do they remember that NBC reporter who did her job? Now, you can, once again, anyone now who tells you they had a, they had a conversation with Fetterman and he's fine, he's 100%, you know they're lying. Any journalist that tells you that, you know they're lying. Any politician that tells you that after what we saw in this debate, you know they're lying. So you should never take a word they take seriously. It's fake news. Okay, and that reporter was doing her job. She was telling the truth. They didn't want someone telling the truth that when she spoke to Fetterman. Off the record, he was a mess. That's the truth. And they attacked her for it. They called her that word, ableist, ableist, ableist. His, his Fakakta wife said, would you do that to a child? This guy isn't a child. He's running for Senate. He's running for U.S. Senate. And you don't just get it because you wear a fucking jogging pants and, and a hoodie. <laughs> this fake, fake shtick that he has of the regular guy in a jogging pant. And I don't wear, I don't wear a suit. He doesn't wear a suit because he looks like a, a monster when he wears a suit. He doesn't fit into suits. So he wears these baggy jogging pants and hoodies and sweatshirts. That's because he's a regular guy. It's an act. <laughs> Dr. Eli David, very funny, says being woke is a risk factor for myocarditis. It's very true. Very true. Real science, actually. Being woke is a risk factor for myocarditis. Kyle Becker, the reason we keep seeing mentally challenged political candidates is because that's how corporatists like their representatives. Weak, slow, and easy to manipulate. 100%. There's no doubt about it. Okay, here's another one. This is where Fetterman's trying to talk about the southern border. Okay? This is where he's talking about, I believe, the southern border and uh, like Abbott and DeSantis sending immigrants to Democratic-run cities. By the way, the mayor of Santa Fe, a Democrat, has sent more people away than 
He has sent more people to Democrat-run cities in the North than DeSantis and Abbott. But no one talks about that. No, you won't, you won't hear that on MSNBC or CNN. So here's, here's Fetterman, if, if I can not, cue this up, talking Mr. about Mr. Fetterman, it. Vice President Kamala Harris says the southern border, border is secure, yet we are seeing an unprecedented number of migrants crossing. Is the border secure? And if not, what would you do to fix what both parties are calling a crisis? You have 60 seconds, Mr. Fetterman. You know, I believe that uh, I believe that uh, a secure border is can be compatible with compassion. I believe we need a comprehensive and bipartisan solution for immigration. That, that's what I believe. I don't ever recall in the Statue of Liberty that they say, you know, you know, take our tired huddle masses and put them on a bus and use cheap political stunts about them. I believe we have to develop a comprehensive and bipartisan solution to, to address our issue here for immigration here in our nation. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. On to the but next So uh, John Fetterman said, I, I, I don't, I didn't see anything in the Statue of Liberty. Obviously he means the constitution, but he said the Statue of Liberty. Uh, you know, this, then this was an hour of this. This was an hour of this. So, uh, you know, look, this speaks for itself. It really does. It speaks for itself. I mean, you, it, it's it's a sad thing. It's unfortunate to see. It's uh, it, you know, it's 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 pathetic. It's uh, just not right. It's just not right. I mean, Fetterman needs to really step away, or someone near him has to tell him to step away, because this is just not, you know. Well, let me play one more. One more while we're at it, right? This is a, how are you going to crack down on what you've called price gouging? I guess this is about oil and gas and gas prices, gasoline prices. Here, this is, this is actually Inflation pretty is funny. American. Hold on, no. I'll cue this up. This is actually pretty funny. <laughs> funny. Those of you out there that do dating apps might be able to appreciate this one. Uh, Amer families here in Pennsylvania. You know, he has never met an air, uh, uh, an oil company that he doesn't swipe right about. You know, he has never been able to stand up for working families all across Pennsylvania. You know, we must push back. Inflation has hurt Americans and Pennsylvania's families, and it has given the oil companies record profits. For of course, everything he says is bullshit. But he he never met an oil company he doesn't swipe right about. <laughs> Anyone ever swipe? You ever go, in, you ever go to a dating app and swipe right for an oil go? <laughs> oh my God, John! What are you gonna do? Right? People are gonna vote for him. He'll get plenty of votes. He might win. <laughs> he might win. Yeah. Well, Mike says Fetterman's a retard. Well, I he just he had a stroke. That's it. It's very simple. But his yeah, right. His his but his beliefs are also you know, retarded before the stroke. It's too bad he didn't. You remember that movie, uh, what was it called? Regarding Henry, where uh, Harrison Ford's this, this corporate guy and he's really evil and mean and everyone hates him and he gets shot in the head <clears throat> and he becomes a nice guy. You remember that? It's too bad that Fetterman didn't have the stroke and at least maybe become a, a Republican, <laughs> become a conservative. That actually is a funny idea for a movie. It's just ridiculous. No, he actually kept his same crazy ideas he just doesn't know how to communicate them anymore. 
You know, it's in a way, it's it's very fitting. It's almost as though his ideas are so crazy. This is actually the way they should be packaged in this totally moronic, incomprehensive way, because these ideas are incomprehensive. They make no sense. They make no sense. And people are going to vote for this because they're going to believe it, because that's the always the easy way for the Democrats, who are the most corporatist party, as we saw over the last three years, blame everything on corporate America, everything on the oil and gas companies. But yeah, it, then they suck up to them all the time. It's total nonsense. Total nonsense. So that's the end. I'm not going to play any more Fetterman stuff. I think it's just very sad. I think it's just very sad. And I, I, I really hope that... Um, I don't know. I, I really hope that most people are able to see. I think most voters, I'm hoping, if there's one thing to focus on, is that this guy needs to get better and not have this job. So if you really care about John Fetterman, you should not vote for him. Okay? If you truly care about John Fetterman, you should not vote for him. Because he should be getting better somewhere. He should be in rehab. That should be all of his focus for however long it takes. That should be his entire focus. And he cannot do that if he's elected to the Senate. So I think it's actually very evil to vote for John Fetterman. You are punishing John Fetterman even more if you vote for him. He might not understand that. He might not get that. But I think that's what's happening. I think you are punishing John by, by voting for him. So do him a favor and vote for Oz and send Oz to the Senate and send Fetterman to a rehab center so he can get better. And then he can run again and you can vote for him then. I don't think you should ever vote for him, but at least he'll be better. I mean, he needs to be better cognitively and he needs to be he needs to have a clean bill of health. You know where this he is not going to have another stroke because he's in the Senate and he's so stressed out. And he's constantly traveling back and forth. All right. So that's that's my closing argument about voting for, for Oz is that it's really having sympathy towards John Fetterman. And it's best for the people of Pennsylvania as well. He also does crazy thing where Oz was doing his closing statement and he screamed something, which you just, that doesn't ever happen. I don't know if he, he probably didn't understand what was going on. He probably didn't understand it was a closing statement. He's not supposed to, he yelled something in the middle of it. It didn't make any sense. As Joe Concha says, imagine, try, <laughs> try to imagine how the usual suspects in cable news are going to spin this debate in favor of Fetterman. Even with low expectations, this is a disaster. As Mike says, I did. <laughs> Letting someone like Fetterman run shows how soulless and morally repugnant Democrats are. Their lust for power and control is frightening and abhorrent. Buck Sexton, go back in your timeline now. Find any blue check who spoke to Fetterman recently and claimed he's totally fine. Make note of who they are. Never listen to any of them about anything ever. Their willingness to lie knows no limits. And this, oh, is there more? Do I have to play one more thing? 
Yes. Yeah, so, okay. I had to play one more thing, then I promise I'll I'll spare you of any more of this. Uh, this is um, Oz talking about Fetterman not paying for his own house that he got that his sister actually sold his house to him for a dollar. So here we go. That we should be debating on the stage. We should. Let me let me just cue this up. Sorry. Yes, I'm using a tablet. I usually use my phone, but I'm also doing this recording on Spotify because I'm not sure if the recordings are working on call-in right now. The links don't seem to be working. So so if you find a recording for the show, it might be Spotify that I'll put on my Twitter account. Hold on a second here. Okay, here we go. Oz, well, I've been trying to talk about policy issues with the people of Pennsylvania. As a doctor, I listen to their ideas and I want to talk about them. When John Fetterman brings up houses, the irony is he didn't pay for his own house. He got it for a dollar from his sister and he hasn't been able to earn a living on his own he's lived off his parents so it, it, it doesn't it's not a topic that we should be debating on the stage we should be talking about crime and inflation issues that are hurting pennsylvanians that they're talking about at their kitchen table let's uh, say you know, he got his pennsylvania right, house from his own inlays from a, a dollar mr That's Fetterman, typical. we have to cut pause well, I mean, so you couldn't really understand what Fetterman said what he said was he got his Pennsylvania house from his own in ladies for $1. That's typical. I don't know what he's talking about. Maybe he meant in-laws. I don't know if that's true, that Oz got his house from his in-laws for a dollar, but he said his in ladies, in ladies for his in ladies gave it to him for a dollar. It's more and more. It's just, it's a, yeah. Yeah. Fetterman screams at Oz during the closing statement portion of the debate. Joe, Joe Contra says, never seen a candidate do that before. But this debate has had many firsts, courtesy of the Democrat. Here, Joe Scarborough. Very interesting. John Fetterman's ability to communicate is seriously impaired. Pennsylvania voters will be talking about his obvious fact, this obvious fact, even if many in the media will not. Joe Scarborough, this is painful to watch regardless of one's politics. Greg Gutfeld, the painful and groping performance of Fetterman will not be as important as the painful and groping performance of the Circle the Wagons media starting right now. Oh, Fetterman yells during Mehmet Oz's closing statement, you want to cut Social Security? He just screamed it out out of nowhere. So, yeah. We will have to make sure that everything that works is able to, that's the most American bargain, that you work full-time, you should be able to live in dignity as well true. Another statement from him that I don't understand. Anyway, bad news, bad news, and just very, very embarrassing. And the Democrats are the ones that should be inv- embarrassed. The DNC, the, the, the D, what are the DSC, the Democratic Senate committee, the, his wife, they should all be embarrassed that they allowed this to happen and this not being the debate, this being Fetterman's candidacy. It should not have happened once he had that stroke. It's really simple. You remember when Bernie in 2020 had his little heart issue and it wasn't a stroke, it was just a, a stent that he had pushed in. He was out in a day or two. And people were wondering, could Bernie do the job, his age, he got the stents put in. And he took about a week or two off, and then he came back, and he was stronger than ever. And you can see it, right, doing all those rallies every day, and he was fine. He proved it. He was fine. Fedman has not proved that he's okay. He has not proved that he's okay. Yet the, the left-wing media who hated Bernie Sanders, the establishment media like CNN, MSNBC, wouldn't shut up about Bernie's health. 
They never talked about Biden's health. They don't talk about Fetterman's health, but they talked about Bernie's health, didn't they? Another point I'm making about double standards. So if anyone wants to call in about this or anything else, you may. I'm not playing any more Fetterman clips, I promise. I've had enough of this. But there were as many as I played, there were five or six more that I could play that were <laughs> listening to Fetterman is giving me a stroke, someone said. Yeah, it, there are five more I can play. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's shocking. It really is shocking. But I won't be shocked if the polls don't show that Oz is up by five or six points next week. I won't be shocked at all. I won't be shocked at all. Because like I said, there's the cult of Democrat out there. And it doesn't matter. Oh, how about these changing subjects for a second? How about these low, this, these low life scum activists who are throwing soup on these, on these masterpieces? So we had two low life activists, total human scum, who threw, I believe, tomato soup on Van Gogh's sunflowers. And then the other day, I believe yesterday, low life scum threw potatoes or something. Uh, mashed potatoes on another artwork that was work, worth like a, a hundred million, some crazy amount of money, like a hundred million dollars or something. This is absolute human scum. These people are human scum. They're insane. You see, these are insane people and they're supposedly protesting climate change by destroying artwork, by destroying culture. These are left-wingers who claim they're for culture. They love culture. And, and they're, they're actually destroying beautiful artwork for climate change purposes. Now, these people are insane. They're not, they're mentally ill. They should be in institutions. They shouldn't be out there amongst us. But here they are. Here they are. And then what do they do? They do something where they put their hand, they, they, they glue their hand to the wall. I say they should have, the police should have come in and glued the other hand to the wall and left them there to rot away. This is the left. This is the modern day left. This is the modern day Democratic Party. They embrace these people. Yeah, they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, it was rare. They shouldn't have done it. Blah, blah. But they embrace them. They embrace this idea of anarchy, just like they embrace the anarchy in the summer of 2020. And they have the nerve to talk about January 6th. They have the nerve to talk about the Republicans are violent for one day, yet they totally eliminate the Antifa riots and everything that happened in the summer of 2020. That stuff doesn't matter to them. That stuff has the, 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 that that doesn't that's not violent. The left isn't violent. That, that that didn't count. That didn't count. They were angry. They were in a rage. I tell you, I'm in a rage. Oh boy. Let's see if there's anything else I wanted to cover. Is there anything else I wanted to cover? No, I think that's it. I think that that was the big defining moment of today. Was the, there was another debate? I forgot what it was, but the two the two major debates were Fetterman and Oz in Pennsylvania, and Hochul and Zeldin in New York. And uh, we'll see if those debates move anything. I mean, up until today, the the Oz Fetterman race was a toss up, according to uh, Nate Silver in five thirty eight, and the uh, and Hochul has almost no chance of losing. According to uh, according to five thirty eight, it was basically uh, Oz can win, but Zeldin can't. We'll see what happens. I mean, you, you never know with these things. You don't know if the polling has been right. If the polling has been off, 
a lot of things can be off. You know, if they're underestimating the Republican vote, you know, all these people who changed from Republican, from Democrat to Republican, these new Republican voters, we don't know if they are registering in the polling. We don't know anything about that. If people are afraid to say they're voting for these Republican candidates because they were endorsed by Trump, we don't know. So if the polling is accurate, then you could probably go to like 538 and real clear politics and look <clears throat> at what they're saying now. And it would probably be pretty close to that. But if the polling's off, it could be a real tsunami for the Republicans. I mean, all these races that are close, all these races that within two, five, seven points, a margin of error could go to the Republican if the polling is off. So I say if the polling is off, Lee Zeldin can win. If they're underestimating the Republican vote, Lee Zeldin can win. And I think Oz will win. I'm being I'm going to be optimistic on this one. I'm going to say it's very tight. It can go either way. But I do believe there will be enough momentum from him for him, especially he has momentum now, even before this debate. And I do believe that they're underestimating the Republican vote enough where Oz will win. Like I said, New York's a tough thing, but look at Oregon. I think the Republican will win for governor in Oregon. That's that's stunning. It's 35, 40 years since the Republicans won there. I mean, the state of Portland, where the people in Portland have dominated that state, the way, like the way people of Seattle dominate Washington State, for a Republican to win. And for a Republican to win in Oregon, that means they have to be getting a chunk, at least some sliver of the vote from Portland. And in order for Lee Zeldin to win in New York, I believe he needs about 30% of the vote, 30, 35% of the vote from New York City, and he might get that. So there will be Democrats who vote Republican, many of them for the first time ever. Many of them for the first time ever. So I'm very optimistic. Like I said, the next couple of weeks leading up to the election, we'll talk more about the individual races and what's going on. Uh, but that's the big news today. The debates, of course, that idiot Biden coming out. And, you know, it, 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 he's, it's so obvious what he's doing. I mean, it's so easy to see through Biden when he all he's doing now is saying all, all he's doing is most of what comes out of his mouth is slogans. MAGA, King, MAGA, 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 MAGA voters, MAGA, 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 MAGA candidates, MAGA, 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 Trumpy, MAGA. This is all they have. This is all they have. All they have are words. All they have are slogans. That's all they have. All they have is these, these focus group words, these patterns of words that are supposed to, oh, oh, I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid of Trump. I'm so afraid of Trumpers. I'm so afraid. Everything's Trumpy, Trumpy, MAGA, Trumpy, MAGA. They have nothing to talk about the issues. They can't talk about the issues. They can only try to pigeonhole every single Republican candidate as MAGA, MAGA, MAGA Trump. When that is not, they can't even define, they can't even define what that is. Oh, what else did Biden say? Oh, yeah, he, he added in trickle down. He's going back to trickle down. The MAGA, MAGA trickle down economics. What is he talking about? There's no MAGA triple trickle down. Trump wasn't into triple trickle down economics. That's Reaganism. That's from the Reagan era. None of, none of this, that, nothing Republicans are talking about has anything to do with trickle down. But once again, it's like a slogan. It's a slogan. It's like a dog whistle. It's like Pavlov's dogs, those certain phrases that people, oh, oh, trickle down. Oh, Reagan days. Oh, no, we can't have that. It's just, it's, 
it's all these key words that are supposed to invoke horror in people. When the only thing that's invoking horror in people, the only thing that's invoking horror in people is the fact that they can't afford to eat. They can't afford to put food on their tables. That they were fired because of the vaccine mandates, thankfully being reversed in New York now. That they can't afford to go to work because the gas price is so high. That illegals are coming across this border and spreading fentanyl around cities and killing kids. This is the stuff people are horrified about. Not words, not stupid keywords from an old man who lost his mind a long time ago. It's very easy to see through him. It's just incredibly easy to see through him. I'm going to do a last call for phone calls, and then we're probably going to wrap up the show, which started a little bit late, but we've been going for a while here. Um, my Twitter account is at is uh, Mike Unleashed is the handle, and at Kachopoli Mike is my Twitter account. And usually what I'll do is I'll post a link to the show there after it's recorded, if you haven't been able to hear the whole thing live. Also, obviously, on call-in, they're all listed. But um, the problem right now with the call-in, and they're working on it, is that the, the links that you, they give you to the podcast are going just to the general homepage. So they're not linking to the actual podcast. So that's a problem. So if that remains a problem, I'll put the link. I'm also recording this on Spotify, and I'll put the link to the Spotify broadcast of it on my Twitter account if people want to go there and, you know, catch the whole podcast again. Um, hopefully Colin will, will fix that little, that little glitch. I'm noticing, I'm noticing the Colin app is a little glitchy lately, a little glitchy. Um, what else did I want to cover anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it. I think more we'll talk about, uh, a little bit more, we'll talk about the, the races. So once again, we're talking a fortnight now, right? We're talking 14 days. It's getting close. It's here. The, these are the final debates. It's happening. And for, for many of us, it's going to be a very joyous November 8th. It's going to very all this anger you've been hearing from me over the last year of this podcast, the anger you hear from callers, everything the Democrats have inflicted on us, all the lies, all the distortions all the half-truths and, and, and fake news and ultimate reality they tried to create, it's all going to come crashing down on November 8th. Now, of course, of course, they're not going to say, oh, we were wrong, we did this wrong, let's course correct. No, they'll say MAGA's taking over the world. That, that'll be the thing. Mega MAGA's taking over the country. Vlad, pretty good. good. What's up, what's up, Vlad? What's up? Uh, pretty good. How are you doing, Mike? Well, Mike, I'm going to be busy. For, you know, here in California, we got, we pretty much have two weeks of voting. Yeah, well, yeah. we have a month. Don't we have a month in many places? Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty much, yeah. pretty much. So I started my training on Monday, and most likely start either Thursday or Friday, but it's got to be 11 days. That's the rule. Only problem is 10, 10 out of those days, I'm there just making free money because people don't show up to, to November 8th. So I tell my fellow Californians that are just like you and me, and who vote red, go early. Please go ver vote early. Whether you have to walk in, put in your mail-in ballot, if you don't, if you if it's too late to put it in the in the mail, go in there and vote, please. I'm one of the technicians. I'll be taking care of the uh, troubleshooting from the call-out center. So this is what I tell people: just go and vote. Vote red, please. That's what what is it like? Mike would agree with me. Let's make a change. Let's let's stop the tr on the tracks. 
the political tracks of, of, of let's stop the Democrats once and for all. Let it be a red tide, let it be a red wave tsunami, whatever you want to call it. Let it just be red. Let, and let's get Biden out of, out of office, impeach, and that other. Well, you know, Biden's not gonna, I mean, the, the Republicans tried. might impeach him, but just like with Trump, the, the Senate won't have enough votes to, to convict him. But, but, but look, it would be the first step of two steps, right? Get, get the Republicans in the House and Senate, and then in 24, get a Republican in the White House. So it's a two steps, you know, it's always a two step program. So this is a two step program here. Mm-hmm. But, what you say is right, Vlad. A problem with Republicans, and Trump was very much to blame for this in 2020, was that they were told, don't do the early voting. It's not going to count, right? They were told, don't, don't mail in the mm-hmm. ballots. It's not going to count. And, and they lost a lot of that. Remember, what happened is Trump won election night. Mm-hmm. He was winning, you know that, right? He was winning election night. And then as those mail-in ballots came in over the next five, six days, he lost. So Republicans mm-hmm. have to play the Democrat game, all right? The mail-in balloting is available. Right. Do it. Use it. Use it. Beat them at their own game. And the truth is, guys, do whatever you have to. Just make sure you're there. You have almost 11 days, pretty much. There's no excuse. If you want to make it on the 10th day, fine. But if you want to be running around where it's going to be difficult on November 8th, which is the last day of Tuesday, well, you're the only one to blame, but don't say your vote doesn't count. We have to make everything possible. Believe it or not, there's a lot of people well, that, That's the problem. Even that glad people here. will not do the early voting. They'll say, oh, I'm not going to do early voting. I don't like doing it. I'm in the mail. It doesn't count. And then, yeah. like you said, election day comes, and either they can't make it or they forget, and that's it. You know? Uh-huh. So. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing is that no matter where you are in California, you could be from Northern California, but you're voting in Southern California. It still counts. Because it's all it's it's all coordinated. It's like I've noticed California when it comes to the ballot uh, marking devices, what they call the actual units that cast your ballot, you know, computerized and everything. They're not connected to the internet. They do not record after long after you you're done. They don't record your information. It's impossible. It doesn't have enough memory, nor does it send it to any central banking now. When you first register, that's connected to the internet. Those are what they call the the Apple iPads. They they, they call them the EPO yeah. books. So they have to check if you are who you say you are. And they'll base. Let's say you're from somewhere in Central California, and you're voting out of your city, out of your uh, out of your county, whatever, right? Well, you you're still on the rolls on the on the you know to vote, but they're going to base it not based on the city where you're voting. But where you're from, where you're registered, that's how it works. Yeah. But you know, way, Vlad, the, you, you know, Vlad, the, the, the uh, depressing thing about voting here in California is that this, this, it's very hard for most of us, especially that live in cities like L.A. or San Francisco or San Diego, to get Republicans elected. It's, it's, it's very depressing here with the Democrats just winning automatically 99 percent of the time. Exactly. That is that is so sad. Right now, Mike, you know very well right here in uh, my city of LA, we we had three city councilmen that that are basically being fired. They're they should they could should be fired, but because they're elected officials, they're not going to be fired. They are forced to resign, and it's all because of a racist audio recording from a year ago. Nuri Martinez, who was the president of the city council, she's out. They're trying to the Ron Herrera. He he left on his own, and so that's two mm-hmm. out of four actually, not three, but four. And then uh, Gil Cedillo, long, long-standing uh, yeah. Democrat in the city, he's had a different post. 
I really never liked the guy personally, but then also followed by a younger um, Kevin DeLeon. Well, they caught him in, a, in an audio at the LA, I think it was LA Labor <laughs> Foundation offices. It was supposed to be secret, supposed to be not recorded. Well, somebody brought out a recorder and saw and, and recorded the, the, who the real Congress people, I mean, sorry, the council people are. Who are the real people? And guess what? They got recorded. They got found, who, how they felt about people, and, and they got exposed. And it's, it's, it's not a matter of, well, somebody did an illegal record. There, it's beyond mm. that. That's a moot point. They got recorded, and it's out there. And you know, Vlad, stop. while I have you on, do you know anything about the controller's race in L.A.? Well, no, not okay, to be honest. There's a guy running yeah. named Kenneth Mejia, and he's running for control, uh-huh. I believe, in L.A. County. And I just okay. do once again. I'm in San Francisco, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to controller anyway. But control in L.A. Um, yeah. And I understand that yeah. uh, the thing about Kenneth is that I followed him for a very long time. He was a young progressive Berniecrat who was who ran for Congress a couple oh, of times. Yeah. as a Berniecrat and, and lost pretty big. Oh. He, oh, he ran as a Green Party candidate, right for for Congress. <laughs> you know, Berniecrat uh, running. You know, Jill Steincrat running as a, as a Green Party. He ran a couple yeah. of times and he lost. Now he's running, I believe, as a Democrat for Comptroller, and I believe he has a good chance of winning. But there's been a lot of um, people on the right who have been afraid, who say he's a he, who are afraid of him winning, who said he's going to have a. Well, well, yeah, but you, you know what? These Green Party candidates, I could tell you by listening to a lot of the lefties and, and communist Marxists that are here on Colin, they're they're done deal. They know if they even get a local seat, that's at most, they'll be lucky. That's it for them, really. A, a lot of them are <clears throat> disenchanted, disenfranchised, maladjusted types that, that are mad because Bernie didn't win. They should have known. Bernie was always set up in the Democrat yep. Party. He was he didn't stand a chance. You know how they say, Mike, fool me yeah, once, exactly, shame on me, yeah. right? But fool me twice, I'm one dumb fuck ass idiot. <laughs> and that's what that's what Bernie Sanders is. Come on, fool me once, yeah. shame on me. But fool me twice. Well, you know oh what? my I goodness. Admit, really? I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it. I was fooled twice. I've heard Bernie twice. But you know what? I'm so smart uh, I won't be fooled a third time. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what? I I I, I tell all these these guys, you know, a third or fourth party how long it would take. This is not a Ross Perot like back in the nineties. This is not an independent Ross Perot who who really hurt the Republicans so Bill Clinton could win. If you remember that one, Mike. And I go, this is not what that yeah. time. Would would normally for a third or fourth party, it's gonna take at least twenty years to mm-hmm. build a grassroots. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You can't be peddling only socialism. Right. People don't buy that right. bullshit. Right. You're absolutely right. You know, and look, I'm very optimistic about this election. I think it's going to be a huge night for Republicans. We're not going to win everything. Obviously, you never can. There'll be disappointments. But I think it's going to be such a big night. That's is going to be the most important thing about that night. Obviously, we talk about the hearings that will happen, the COVID stuff with Fauci, but also it'll give great momentum going into the 2024 you know, presidential campaign. And I think that is, is, is very important to have that kind of that kind of momentum. So I, I think I think it's going to be a good night. I think we're all going to be happy. I think we're all going to get our revenge. We're all going to feel really good. All of this angst and anxiety and stuff we've had to go through. Um, I think it's all going to, you know, I think we're going to have a really celebratory night. But, but, like you said, you can't take anything for granted. So use the exactly. early voting, wherever you are, if you have it. Use the mail-in balloting, wherever you have it. 
And then if you can't do that for some reason, make sure you go on November 8th. But don't believe, you know what? Don't believe the bullshit that none of these votes will count because that's not true. And that never should have been pushed. And the, the, the Republican vote was really suppressed a little bit in 2020 because of that idea of telling people that, you know, you, you, you're not going to your vote's not going to count if you do it early. Don't, don't believe that. That's what Democrats want people to believe. Don't believe it. Hey, I just want to kind of like, I know you're going to yeah. close up your yeah. show in a little bit. Like, all I want to say was, well, let's look at the positive side. In the UK, they finally got a new prime minister. He's non-English based. He's uh, of Indian descent. Rishi. Rishi uh, yeah, Rishi was he, even, Rishi, was he uh, even elected? He uh, wasn't elected, was he? No, no. The, the the beautiful thing over there that they have is their version of, of a vice president is when their president fails, they don't need to have new elections. They just elect from a pool of some of the best candidates. That's how they work. The only problem from what I heard of Rishi Sunak is that even though he's conservative, he's already, he's been bought. He's just a puppet for, for the deep state, for, mm-hmm. you know. Davos and, and World Economic Forum and the mm. Bilderberg. So he's in the bag for them. They they, they were going to get rid of, of of Liz Truss, which she did, because she really didn't serve for that purpose. Uh, the woman didn't have the brains or the capacity to stand that. And she was just going to give it over to 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 Rishi, Rishi uh, Sunak. And of course, they threw in that it was a possibility that Boris Johnson could come in. No, no chance in the world. I mean, the guy was out, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're so desperate that they had to go with this guy who was a chancellor. It's kind of funny how they call him chancellor, who was working with Boris Johnson. But what happened? He, at the first, he allowed all the policies, dictatorial, authoritarian policies of, 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 of his government and through Big Pharma to come in, the lockdowns and everything. And he stepped to the side trying to get away from Boris Johnson. But at the end of the day, it was really him who approved right, right, all right, that right, shit. Right. So... You know, we now know where he stands. As a conservative, he's disgusting. I, I hope he doesn't screw up Britain more than what it is, as it is Britain is under an inflation and also in debt and having issues now that it exited Brexit in a way everybody thought it was good. Yeah, it was good, but COVID hit and changed the whole the whole thing around the right. world, you know, the, the expectations and stuff. So it is what it is. But Mike, you know, brother, I love yeah, talking to you. And I hope to be back in your program, maybe longer next time, no much problem. earlier. But go out there, people, and vote. Don't say you, you, you your vote doesn't count, or I didn't want to, or I forgot. Bullshit. You got eleven days. No excuses. It. Vote red Sorry, Vlad, all the thanks. way. Thank you, Vlad. Thank you, Vlad. We'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's been it's been a good show. Hey, yes, it's been a very good show. And um, I want to thank Vlad for calling in. I want to thank everyone from listening for listening. Um, remember, this show airs 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. on the other side of the pond in the U.K., Monday night through Friday night, five days a week. So be sure to listen in. Remember, always remember. And the show is called Unless Be Heard, by the way. I'm Micah Chopley. Remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out right now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here tomorrow night.